Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Sim Strategy Show. This might be the best Sim Strategy Show or the one that I've looked forward to the most all season. Why, you may ask? Because doing an ownership show on Thursday where you got to break down Saturday and Sunday, which is fine. We had a great show yesterday, but it goes like a long time. <laughs> Tuesday, we did Saturday on the podcast exclusive. Check that out on all our podcast platforms. You guys will love it. It's like 30 minutes long. We even go over all of the slates that have been like two and three games, see what the winning lineups look like in our own uh, post-contest simulator and, and try and glean something from that going into a three-game Saturday. But that stuff takes a lot of time. You know what I mean? And then you do Sunday. But today, we're doing Saturday and Sunday, and we're letting the Sims do the work for us. We're going to analyze it, see what happens, and uh, hopefully not ignore some of the lineups that we've ignored in the past, Greg, because, well, it was only a few weeks ago that the third-ranked lineup, when I went back and looked at our Sims from the week before, would have won the high-stakes Millie, would have won the Spy, would have won the Red Zone, would have won like every single entry contest. Not that I would have been in the high-stakes Millie, but all those single entry contests I was in, and uh, it would have taken them down. So I'm going to lean on it today for Saturday and for Sunday. I feel you, man. And then especially one thing that's been really helpful for me for a couple things, for Showdown and then also for the smaller NFL slates, dupes become really important. And it's something that's kind of hard to solve for if you're just building lineups either by hand or using an optimizer or, you know, just looking at projected fantasy points. But for something like Saturday, a three-game slate, we also saw it on the Thanksgiving slate a few weeks ago, it is really valuable to have a tool in the contest generator that's going to help you identify which lineups are going to be heavily duped and then how that might impact the expected ROI of some of those lineups. Well, we're happy to have you guys with us as always. If I could so humbly request you take one single second this morning, atone for your sins going into the weekend and hit that thumbs up button. I promise you your life will be enriched as a result. Subscribe to the channel too. Uh, also, leave a comment down below if you're listening or watching after the fact. We read and respond to all of those comments down below. We love to hear what you guys have to say. Not everybody can watch this at 11 Eastern, you know, or 8 Pacific. It just sometimes you can't watch it live, but we know you're out there and we appreciate you. Also, you want to listen in podcast form. Maybe you're driving, you're doing something, you want to turn your phone off, you don't have YouTube premium. Check it out in podcast form. Anything we do that has a shelf life, you can find on the Stochastic NFL page or just the Stochastic uh, podcast channel in general. So um, glad you guys are here. This should be a fun show. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yo, that game last night was <laughs> ridiculous. I was on more Trey Tucker than I was. I said it on the showdown live before lock. I was like, look, the Sims are giving me Trey Tucker. Normally, you know, the – the P brain of mine would be like, I'm pulling Trey Tucker out of these lineups. <laughs> right. But I was like, I'm not, I told Neil, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm leaving Trey Tucker in two touchdowns for that guy. I had a real shot at binking some tournaments yesterday. And then once the Palmer thing happened and then like, you know, they finally started to score some garbage time points, 63 to 21 though. Brandon Staley, when asked after if he believes he should still be the head coach said, yes. But I don't understand why that's the story that the media is getting out of this, Greg, because what are you going to say? No, I, I, fire me and make me unemployed. So it's also we hear we hear interviews all the time with players and coaches, all this. And they'll say like, hey, uh, Jordan Poole, who do you think is the best point guard in the NBA? And he'll say himself, because what else is he supposed to answer? And then the, the narrative that spins out of people are like, oh, my God, this guy's an idiot. He's delusional. It's like, what, what is he supposed to say? He's like, I, I'm actually very bad. I'm no good at basketball or I'm no good as a coach. Right. So here, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's these setup gotcha questions where it's either he says he is going to, he should be fired, to which, of course, that would be a massive story if he says he should be fired. And then yeah. if he says... I shouldn't be fired. People are like, oh my God, this guy's an idiot. He thinks he should still be the coach. Right. Exactly. Saying I should be fired is, is the story. <laughs> what, what the media should have asked him is, so will you be calling the defense next week? Do, wait, are you, do you remember what happened a few weeks ago after that loss? He took over the play calling, didn't he? Well, he was calling the defense and they lost and they gave up a bunch of points and someone from the press media asked him, do you plan on calling the defense next week? Or, you know, do you think he should? And he's like, 
Don't ask me that question again. I will be calling the defense going forward. So, dude, if that same guy came in and asked <laughs> same question after yesterday, I think they probably just felt bad for him. But that would be, oh, my God, man. You would, you would go viral for months if you did something like that. I wish we had more media members that would really mix it up like that. It would be really fun. And also, because there's actually legitimate questions you could ask people. Suppose, like, should you be the head coach? And I like it's a dumb question. There are things you could ask them that would potentially get interesting responses out of them, but would also be valid questions. Kind of like you had said, just ask, like, hey, following up on this, do you still think you should be calling the defensive plays? Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, let's talk some football. Saturday, Sunday slate. I'm excited for Saturday. I'm I'm very excited for Saturday. And, <laughs> you know, it's actually not a bad slate. We've had a lot of bad slates. Uh, and we have – you look at this one. You've got Jake Browning, but he's been good. You have – look at some of the receivers. Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamar Chase – it's stacked at wide receiver. You've got, you got TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta at tight end. Uh, the running back position's got a few names that we're going to be touching on for sure. Uh, even though it's only three games, there's really no shortage of options, which is why I actually did run the Sims last night just to see what we'd get for the Saturday slate. Maybe a little bit different this morning. And uh, I think you guys, I think you guys are going to like some of what we're getting. Have you looked yet? I have not looked other than doing, I did an owner's box show last night. So on that, I ran some lineups for the Saturday slate and for all so Thursday night football. And then I also did a DraftKings Rainmaker show where I built out some lineups for all of the different slates this week. But other than that, I haven't looked at like our Sims and ran lineups for that for, for DraftKings and FanDuel. Well, let's get into it. Saturday slate first. Let's do it. Make it happen. All right. So first, I will, let, let's pull the lineups up because this is what we we generally do here. Uh, the Sims tool has done us well this season. So this is yesterday. I was getting a lot more Jake Browning, a lot more Jake Browning, and it looks like I guess we're getting some, but we're getting a lot of Russell Wilson as well. Um, this is 150 lineups. We did a 10,000 in the contest generator, uh, 10,000 field, 25 percent to first. And now you've got Gardner Minshew, Russell Wilson, a lot of Russell Wilson, Jake Browning. But look at the construction of some of these lineups. Like take the Minshew one, for example. It's a QB plus three, which I think is perfectly fine on this slate. It's a three-game slate. Minshew, Zach Moss, Harris, St. Brown, Pittman, Pierce, TJ Hawkinson, Javante Williams, and Vikings. And then Russell Wilson, Jameer Gibbs, Moss, Sutton, Judy, Downs, Laporta, and Williams. One thing I think we're going to see, and I, I, this is where I want to start because I want to pick your brain on this. Where do you draw a line, if any, with a QB plus three in spots like this where you're including them with the running back, especially if it's not maybe a pass-happy team when it comes to throwing to the running back? I think a lot of the ways we look at correlation has to change for a three-game slate. So one thing that's going to be most notable is you are likely going to be getting lineups in our Sims tool where you're going to have some offensive players going up against the defense that they're uh, going up against. Now, I know that isn't exactly what you would ask me there, Lofi, but what I'm going to say here is that th there's only so many lineup combinations you could make, and part of that is going to also influence that some of these lineups that maybe we wouldn't play for like a 10 or 11-game slate become better for a three-game slate because there are limited options, and something else that could end up popping up in the contest generator and the Sims as a result of this is there could be individual lineups. You might look at and say, Hey, there's a little bit of negative correlation there. And while that may be true, it could be such a unique combination of players in that lineup where if that lineup wins, it is such a better, or if that lineup scores really well, it is such a better chance of winning than some other lineups just because the field might not be on that particular construction. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, if a team goes off, if a team – take the Raiders, for example, yesterday, right? If they go off, you're happy to have Aiden O'Connell. You're happy to have Devontae Adams, Trey Tucker. Not to say that – well, you know what? Maybe on a three-game – I doubt you'd be getting much Trey Tucker on a three-game slate. But just, just go with me for a second here, right? Zamir White, 
you would have no problem going with like an O'Connell, Adams, Myers, White lineup uh, last night. I don't think if it were on the site, you'd have any problem doing that either here. Um, if a team ends up putting 42 points on the board, and hell, with the, the way we've seen this Pittsburgh defense play, I'm not saying it continues. We'll see if Watt is back. With, with the way this, if, if, if this continues, you know, let's just say they continue playing bad and, and the Colts do go off, Moss could get there without any real correlation to Gardner Minshew as well. Yeah, and he's also been on the field so much the last couple of weeks. Now, I know people- Targeted are- 11 times, too, for what it's worth. He's been targeted 11 times in two games. Yeah, eight of them last week. And I know a lot of people are just going to look at the fantasy points and say, like, oh, he scored whatever it was, eight and seven fantasy points the last two weeks. And I think that might lead a lot of people to draw the conclusion of Zach Moss can't be the number one workhorse back. But we do have the data point from earlier in the year. Jonathan Taylor was out at the start of the season when he was dealing with the contract dispute and other injuries he had. And Zach Moss crushed those first few weeks. He was, I think, second in the NFL in rushing at the time that yeah. Jonathan Taylor returned. And he had games where it was like, I think the high point was 162 rushing yards on like 30 carries for him. So we've seen him successfully carry the workload for them. And there was also just some bad luck he ran. He scored a touchdown that got called back last week. He got targeted a ton in the passing game. So I do think that even if the last couple of weeks the results weren't there, he's still going to succeed in these spots more often than not just based on the volume. Unless something crazy happens and Trey Sermon ends up getting a lot of work this week, you, you, the only argument to be made against Zach Moss is the argument of his last two games haven't been good. But if you dig deeper into that, 94% of snaps this guy's playing. He's getting over 90% of the running back rushing attempts. Like all of the goal line attempts. He had a touchdown called back. You guys do whatever you want with him. You know, we're not here to tell you what to do. Uh, wh- what I'm saying, though, Greg, and I think what you're saying, too, is in no way do you have any problem, one, playing Zach Moss, or two, um, having Zach Moss and Garner Minshew lineups as well. Yeah, not at all. And, I mean, we've also gotten to a point where I know Zach Moss is still expected to be the second most popular player on the slate. Who's the most? Pittman? Uh, Pittman, yeah. So we've got Pittman projected for 45.1% ownership on DK, Moss at 39.5. And just for reference, I'll pull up the FanDuel ownerships as well, where it's 51.3% for Pittman and then 41.6% for Moss. But it's kind of funny that DraftKings ownership is actually less than what it's been the last couple of weeks on full slates. So part of it is maybe people are a little tired of playing Zach Moss, but I mean, it's $6,200 on DraftKings with rushing upside, passing upside. He's going to get touches in the red zone. So yeah, I'm going right back to Zach Moss. If he kills me again, I'll probably play him again next week. I'll go back to the well too. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll probably be $400 more expensive than he was. That's our own. That'll be our only saving grace is if they just price him at 7k because of the volume and the ownership, right? Cause you know, that draft, you know, DraftKings algorithm factors in ownership. We see it every time. Like even if a guy stinks, his price will come up if he was chalky the week before. So, yeah, let's take a look at some of these Jake Browning lineups, too. Browning, the first one I see is Browning, Mixon, Moss, Chase, Pittman, Down, Sample, Javante Williams, and Bengals. Look, if there's one thing I'm noticing out of the gate, every, maybe not everyone, maybe not all of them, it looks, yeah, like not the Nick Mullins lineup, not surprised by that. But it looks like almost every one of these quarterback stacks, team stacks, has the running back attachment this week. Like even Mitch Trubisky and Najee Harris. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing that as well now. I'm just kind of scrolling through the lineups and looking. And yeah, Russell Wilson with a lot of Javante Williams, uh, Browning with Mixon. Yeah, you're right. I think every single one I see on screen here, unless I've overlooked one, has has Nick the Mullins. running back with the QB. Nick Mullins is oh, yeah, the, the Mullins one. lineup. And plus, we don't, well, no, Madison was ruled out, right? Yeah, Madison is not going to be playing. Yeah. So that, that makes things more interesting. But again, I, I don't, I, I don't really care. On a larger slate, I, I would probably be opposed to, you know, like a Will Levis, Derrick Henry. But then I go back to this, to the Monday slate, right? I go back to Monday night, only five or four or five days ago, and the winning lineup, had Will Levis and Derrick Henry in it with DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah, and it was because, well, it was for a couple reasons. Number one, Henry had two rushing touchdowns. He was not efficient running the football. But then he also did have the one big catch. There was like a third and 15 where he had like a 22-yard reception or something like that to extend a key drive. And, you know, on some of these small slates, two, three games, that could be enough for a quarterback and a running back to work out together. It's just like, hey, he, he they hooked up for a 20-yard pass at an opportunistic point during the game. Yeah. Yeah. John said everyone's going to try and chase Brown. I see what you did there. <laughs> For since I don't know if you did that on purpose. Uh, I don't know if they will. I, I don't think his, do you think his ownership is going to be high? What do we have him at right now? We have him at, yeah, not very high. He is 3% on DraftKings, on FanDuel. He is 2%. Now, you know, our ownership is algorithm and mathematics based. So is it possible that there's a public bias that gets it a little bit higher? Sure. But I don't think that means he goes from being 3% owned to chalk or anything like that. Maybe he's like 6 or 7% owned instead of 3% owned. I don't think he's going to be that popular, though. I, man, he's what? Nine and eight carries over the last couple of games. He had that 54-yard touchdown, which was huge last time out. You... Definitely, it feels like an outlier. Not to say that he isn't getting work behind Mixon. And if you're asking me, hey, if you had to play one running back under 5K, who would it be? It would be Chase Brown. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that's a ringing endorsement either. Yeah, because I mean, I'm looking right now at the other running backs who are sub 5K, and the options aren't great. We know Chase Brown is upside at the very least, but I mean, he's, I'd be very surprised if he's in any sort of meaningful percentage of these lineups. When we check our exposures in a second. Let's go to running backs for a second, Jacob. I want to see if we're getting any David Montgomery because I, I don't know. I, I kind of fall in the, under the, in the position of, I like Montgomery a little bit more than Gibbs this week, but um, we're not getting much of him and we're getting a lot of Jameer Gibbs. The reason I say it is because they're, you know, five and a half, six point favorites at home. In these game scripts, Montgomery really has been more heavily involved. Gibbs is more efficient. We know he can break one, but it's funny. Remember that Chargers game? Gibbs broke one, and then Montgomery broke off like a 60 yard touchdown right after that. Montgomery's still a good running back. He still gets the goal line work. Could be another 20 carry game for him, but right now we're getting more Gibbs than Montgomery, despite Gibbs being a little bit more expensive. Yeah, and one other thing, too, that I think works in Gibbs's favor is in lineups that do have Jared Goff, I'd be way more apt to play Jameer Gibbs than it would be David Montgomery just because of the passing game upside of Jameer Gibbs. So I think that's something else that goes into the Sims here is in lineups that have Goff, Gibbs is a more reasonable stacking partner than Montgomery. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a better stack. Yeah, Montgomery's not... If Montgomery has a big game, it isn't to say that Goff can't, because he obviously can, but it's a lot less likely than if Gibbs has a big game. I agree. Um, go to stack exposure, Jacob. Let's see what we're getting as far as stacks go. It felt like it was kind of spread out. A lot of QBs. What's that? does look pretty spread out. We've got basically it looked like double-digit exposure, I think, to every single QB on the slate. God, even 10% to Mitch, to old Mitch. <laughs> I, get, I, I bet you, though, like I was saying, when you're looking at these QB plus threes and you see eight on Mitch Trubisky, I bet you it's I bet you Najee Harris or Jalen Warren are all in one of the like are all one of those pieces in those lineups. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Steelers running backs have been a headache. I've been wrong on the Steelers running backs every time I've gone down that path this year. I've not been, I've not been on the right side of Jalen Warren or Najee Harris once. Me neither. So we're like 75% through the NFL season, whatever the percentage is. I, whenever, whenever I've tried to play a Steelers running back, the other one has gone off this year. I feel like anytime I've played one, neither of them have done. Yeah, shit. Or that. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Minch, look, the Minshew plus three makes a lot of sense because it's going to be Downs Pierce as the, you know, the secondary off of Pittman, which I would assume Pittman's going to be in most of them, if not all of them. And then Zach Moss. Again, I don't think we're going to get a lot of Pittman-Pierce-Downs lineups. My expectation is it'll be Moss-Pittman-Downs or Moss-Pittman-Pierce. So, Yeah, and then looking through some of these other ones, the only quarterbacks been to any lineups that are single stacks, 
Nick Mullen, Jake Browning, Russell Wilson. But I mean, in total, it makes up 4% of our lineups right there, which for three game slates, I definitely think the easiest path to success is doing double and triple stacks, Me too. particularly for the three game slate. Just it's, it's less things you have to get correct in your lineup. What do you make of the fact that the one guy we're getting double digit QB plus two exposure to is Russell Wilson this week? I'm going to assume that that is, well, probably is a lot of Javante Williams in that, but there's only so many targets that I would even want to play with Russell Wilson. It's going to be Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams. I don't know if there's a single other player we're going to get paired with them as a stacking partner. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, Jacob, go to wide receiver. I bet we have trace amounts of Marvin Mims. Let's see. Marvin Mims. Just scroll down a little bit here. Uh, maybe not. Oh, there we go. We have one Marvin Mims lineup. Yeah. So not really. No. Not a lot at all. Can you scroll up? Pickens. I don't hate see, I don't hate that at all. It's a it's a three gamer against Indy. Another thing that I would assume is going to be that here's what I think, right? I bet Pickens is in. I bet he is used functioning as the run back in a lot of those Garner Minshew QB plus three lineups. I think that's a very reasonable expectation. I'm also looking, let's see, what is the Pickens? What is his price? His price, it's fairly cheap now, I'm pretty sure. Is he, George, is he like 48 or something still? George Pickens, yeah, $4,800. For, for a wide receiver of his talent on a three-game slate, I mean, we've seen the big play upside he has. It only takes one George Pickens play for him to get in the space. It could be yep. a screen pass for Mitch Trubisky, and he pays off his entire salary on one play. And for a three-game slate, for him to be you know, 26.4% on, we ran this through the contest generator, he's not all that popular. For a three-game slate, that's not crazy popular. It's not at all. We're still over the field on Pittman. Do you see any of the expensive guys that were under? I mean, I guess we'd be heavily under on Justin Jefferson. That would be the one... Minus 26% simmed player ROI. He looks like the, well, Jamar Chase too. So where are we getting over on? Are we getting over on anybody but Pittman as far as the, the top price guys go? Mm, I don't think so. I think where, well, there's there's two issues with this. Number one, and I'm saying with, with paying up for wide receiver in general on the slate, not necessarily the lineup builds here, is there's not very much value available to us no. and then the opportunity cost for paying all the way up to a justin jefferson or paying all the way up to jamar chase it's pretty costly it's going to come at the expense at other spots which i'm sure would be the case if we look at some of like our top justin jefferson lineups also like i mean how much confidence can you have with nick mullins throwing them the football but i i have a feeling that some of those justin jefferson lineups have some pieces that we wouldn't be very comfortable with you're probably right he's also he's also way higher projected own than I expected. Uh, which leads me to my next thought. If we go to tight ends, Jacob, given that we're not that high on some of these wide receivers who are expensive, do we have a lot of Hawkinson and Laporta? Yeah. There it is. That'll make a difference, Greg. A big difference, as a matter of fact. Look how much of our exposure is going to the two highest priced tight ends in this in this run of the Sims. Low-key, a good tight end slate. This is having Hawkinson, Laporta, Fryermuth yeah. all on the same slate. This is better than we've seen on some full Sunday slates this year. So I don't hate those tight end options. And uh, once again, something that we've talked about last week, not a lot of double tight end lineups that we're getting to this week, though. The, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Are we getting to a lot of three running back lineups? I feel like we are. Yeah. We're, we have our, our exposure is very heavily tilted towards the running backs for this slate. My guess is if we ROI boosted, let's just try something for a second, Jacob. Can you go? We already have these guys. Yeah, Jacob's getting fast at this, man. <laughs> go in and just like heavily boost the expensive receivers. So like Pittman, you could bring up a little bit, but bring up, bring up, bring up Chase a lot. Bring up Dude. Armand St. Brown like thirty-five or something. Uh, Chase. Greg, I just want to see if if we do this and we jam these guys. Uh, bring up Jefferson too. If we jam these guys, d 
does that result in a lot of two tight end lineups? And it ends up being like a Friar Muth Granson type build. I think we're just going to end up with a ton of Michael Pittman now. Yeah, because we should have just not boosted him at all, probably. Let's see, though. Let's see when we check the exposures. I, I have a feeling we're going to have like 70% Pittman now. What I was hoping was, what I was hoping was you would see him put two of those guys in the same lineup together. Uh, we only went over a little bit on Pittman. It appears it didn't really, it brought us up on St. Brown. Yeah, so it did bring us up a little bit, but nothing crazy. Jefferson well, came up. We had, if I remember correctly, we had 16 and 18% of Chase of, and Jefferson. Of Chase and Jefferson. And now we have Chase at 34%, I think was the number if you scroll down a little bit, Jacob. Yeah, uh, 31%, but 34% projected ownership. So about even with the field. And then Justin Jefferson, we went to 25%. So closer to the field, not anything crazy overweight or anything, though. Just like close to the field and slightly underweight. As before, they were guys who were like pretty aggressively underweight to the field to about half their projected ownership. So one thing before we move on to the Sunday slate, Jacob, go to tight ends one more time. Let's see if anything really changes. So it does, that, that's what happened. Look, it's pulling a lot of that just from yeah. the tight ends, right? I think we had combined like almost 90% uh, of Hawkinson and Laporta. That's down to around 75. Hudson comes up. Granson came up a few percent. I don't know, Greg. It just feels like it's going to pull from that more, and then you're going to end up on more you know, low-end tight ends and get away from Hawkinson and Laporta. What do you think about that? Yeah, so one thing that I think is interesting with the Tanner Hudson is I bet that we have a lot of lineups that were like double-stack Bengals lineups where it was Browning with Chase and Hudson that were just not inside of our top 150 lineups. And so then to get to Chase, just a lot of those lineups were ones that already had Hudson in it as part of a stack combination there. So I bet Hudson's in a lot of those lineups that had Chase for that reason. I kind of like our other build better though. I don't want to, I don't want to play more of Granson and more of Tanner Hudson and guys like Will Mallory just to get to more of Jamar Chase and to get to more of Justin Jefferson. I'd rather just play the lineups that we had as is before. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just wanted to see if it would pull from tight or if if it would pull from the top tight ends in the event that we did something like that. And uh, as expected, it did. Uh, anything you, anything else you want to look at from these Saturday slates? Anything you want to play around with here before we move on to Sunday? No, we could go ahead and, and look at it Sunday now. Uh, the one thing that I, I think could end up changing for us in the Sims is I know that right now we don't have Ty Chandler projected crazy well. We haven't projected for like seven fantasy points. If we end up giving him a boost and we decide that like, hey, he's going to be the workhorse back for the Vikings, I do think that could change the dynamics a little bit where we'd have a little bit more value at running back and maybe spend up a little bit more for some of the top end wide receivers. But right now he was not somebody we're getting to. By the way, guys, these tools aren't just available to us. They're available to you too. And uh, if you wanted to try them out, uh, truly no better time than right now, especially when you consider the amount of slates that we're going to have for the NFL in the coming weeks. Right. Like this is this is where when you get like the lineup generator or the line or the lineup simulator, obviously one of them is less expensive. Lineup generator costs you a lot less. Also a phenomenal tool. We just had I just got like four screenshots over the last couple of days of people taking down the mini max and the and the quarter and those in the, for a couple grand each uh, just using the lineup generator. Say, so, oh, paid off, paid itself off in two days. Uh, that's down there in the description. It's basically Sims light. It's running all the Sims behind the scenes and then giving you lineups where you can decide whether or not you want to keep them, discard them, swap players, lock players. My recommendation would don't be too, don't do too much. Don't screw yourself over and take good lineups and make them bad lineups. Then you can see all your exposures, your stack exposures, upload them to CSV. If you're playing lower stakes or you're just short on time, uh, phenomenal tool. The Sims on the other hand, obviously linked down there. I think Aton's the best, the best, uh, the best example of a guy that considers himself a self-proclaimed non-sharp with DFS and just threw a few bucks in the other day, binked the showdown for 5,500 and was like, oh, this tool does work. 
So. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen a lot of people too, whether it's in Discord or adding us on Twitter. Like I had a uh, sick mosh who's somebody who uses all the tools on our site. I mean, he's using the Sims tool. He's using Odd Shopper. He's in our Discord channel and he's playing bets that I'm posting or Eric's posting or Ben's posting or Aton. And he was saying that, I mean, for the DFS tools, he has the base Sims package. He pays $120 a month. And he said that last week he made, it was $1,000 on DK in the week, $500 on FanDuel. And then also showing some of his bets from Odd Shopper. And he's just like, hey, I'm paying for the tools, but like not really because they're paying for themselves. For sure. Look, nobody likes it more than me because I can play NBA again. I was telling you before the show, I got a newborn and before that, I had a young a kid. My other daughter's still young. I couldn't play NBA and be around my computer. Now I just plug it in the late swap afterwards and I rock. So it's been great. You want to check it out, guys. Like I said, we're, we love displaying this and, and showing it all. But if you wanted to use it for yourself and really get the most of this, links down there in the description for everything for the Sims or the lineup generator. If you want to start small, build that bankroll up and hit the, the Sims later on down the road. But uh, just the amount of slates we're going to get over the coming weeks is insane. Like Saturday football, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Christmas Day football, then uh, Christmas Eve football, more Saturday football. You get the point. Anyway, good time to try it out. Let's look at Sunday, brother. Let's go ahead and pull it up here. Sunday. Wait, don't look at anything yet. Don't look at anything. Don't look. I'm looking the other direction. So you've looked at the slate a little bit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that in mind, you've looked at the slate. Do you have any, do you have any inclination, any, any thoughts on what type of lineups we're going to get? Now, let me set the table for you. Okay. You have this Buffalo and Dallas game, right? 50 plus total, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. You have Patrick Mahomes and a struggling Kansas City team on the road against New England. A lot of low totals, but then you have Washington and the Rams where the Rams have a, four, a 28 point total at home. You have any thoughts on what type of builds we're going to be getting? What type of big stacks are going to be showing up before we do the great reveal? So I'm going to make some guesses based on a couple of things. Uh, one is that I looked at our top stacks tool yesterday when I was doing a Rainmaker show I was doing. And I know that we have the Rams projected with a very, very high chance of being one of the top scoring teams on the slate. So I have a feeling we're going to be getting to a lot of double and maybe even some triple Rams stacks. I think that's a definite possibility. I know the 49ers also. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has been playing out of his mind as of late. Now, you know, it's brought a lot of debates online because Brock Purdy, him and Dak Prescott are the two betting favorites to an MVP where people are saying, how much of that is Brock Purdy? How much of it is his skill position players for fantasy purposes? It doesn't really matter because all of them are having massive games right now. So I think the 49ers are going to show up a good amount. And then another one too is I think the Bills – are probably live to show up in a lot of lineups. I know Josh Allen projects really well for us, and it's also pretty clear that Stefan Diggs is his primary pass catcher. So it's just kind of like a simple combination to make Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. So th- those are a couple of things I'm expecting. Those are the three things I was th- expecting too. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to get from a cheap st- – like I don't know. Are we going to get Sam Howell or Fields on the road against Cleveland or Tua against the Jets? My first guess is no, maybe some love or Baker Mayfield in that game. Maybe some Joe Flacco. I don't know enough talking. Let's take a look. We could get to Baker Mayfield lineups as well. Uh, we always do in the same. Yeah, because we always do on Friday. Typically by the time the projections update on Saturday, it ends up getting muted a little bit on the Buccaneers. But usually on Fridays, Baker Mayfield's popping up. The one thing that will terrify me up until lock is the Ezekiel Elliott exposure that I already see out of the gate. Zeke is expected to be very popular this weekend. Very, very popular. And he also just crushed on Thursday Night Football. He is going to be somebody who everybody is playing this weekend. God, some of these lineups scare the hell out of me. Look at the second lineup. Look at the second-ranked lineup by ROI. All right, so the top lineup, by the way, the top two lineups are both Josh Allen single stacks. And otherwise, though, it is a pretty good mix, although a lot of stuff that we had also mentioned, right? Because if we just look at the top 10 or so lineups that are on the screen, there's two Bills lineups, there's three 49ers lineups, there's two Rams lineups. So it is kind of what we thought we were going to end up getting to here. Second lineup there, it is Josh Allen, 
Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams. All right, this is a very strong start in terms of well, yeah, brace here. yourself, brother. <laughs> Darius Slayton. Hey, listen, Tommy DeVito might be the best quarterback in Giants history. Wondell Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tucker Kraft, Stefan Diggs, Rams defense. Yeah, the wide receiver is not great there, Laffy. Not great <laughs> other than Stefan Diggs, obviously. Can you explain, though, how the tool gets to these type of lineups, though? Like how it ranks these by ROI? Yeah, so it's going to be, well, a couple of different ways to answer. Are you just mean like the base way in terms of like looking at the, exactly. the dupes, the top 10 percentage and all that? Yeah, just in terms of like people would go, well, how does that have a high SIMD ROI? Um, What the tool is trying to accomplish, essentially. Sure. So as an overview, what we did in the contest generator, what Jacob did before the show started, he built out 10,000 lineups in the contest generator. What they're expected to be doing is lineups that are more or less mirroring what it is that the field is going to be doing, the kind of construction that the field is going to be on, as well as the ownership of the individual players. And then what happens when we run these lineups through the Sims was they play each other 40,000 times, and that is the way, and it's it's a play-by-play simulation. So these lineups, the slates play 40,000 times, and each individual time the game plays, it's a play-by-play simulation of that game that gives you for each game a, distri- a distribution Overall, those Sims where it's like, hey, this guy in this game scored 12 fantasy points, then he scored 16, then he scored 17, then he scored 10, and that has you know an impact on all the players around them as well. And then the results that we have here are going to be how those lineups finished in a tournament setting across all of those Sims on average. So what we had here is the top lineup here. So this 1.063% of the time, this is the percentage, the time that it came in top 10% of the tournament, the percentage time that it cashed, 45.6%. And then also the reason the dupe, the dupes isn't all that relevant for a main slate on no. Sunday because how often you see a tournament win that's duped with another line. It almost never happens for an NFL main slate. For Saturday and a three-game slate, it's going to be more relevant. But the dupes do become important for showdown for some smaller slates because when those lineups win, there's less of a payout because they split the money with another one. So all of that information goes into figuring out what is the average expected return for that lineup when it was simulated across all those other lineups. And that's where we land with the top lineup here, 290% SIM ROI. The second one, 287.2%, which basically means that this lineup on average, the top one, nearly 3x its money each time it played. So that's an overview of how the simulated ROI is calculated on the SIMs. Beautiful. Just for people that may be new to the process. Jacob, can we go to stack exposures? Again, I think we're going to be relatively spread out. That's Saturday. Give me one second. um, go Go to the players. Filter by QB. Yeah, just filter by QBs. And then we'll see what our quarterback exposures are. Yeah, there we go. All right. Very oh, wow. Okay. Well, Matthew Stafford's up there, and I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see that. You, you nailed it, though. Your first thought was Stafford and Purdy. Stafford, Purdy, Howell, Carr. But, yeah, this not, is crazy spread out. Not a – yeah, I mean, not a ton of Josh Allen. Looks like not much Dak Prescott at all. If we go to running backs, my guess is it's going to be a lot of Christian McCaffrey and Zeke Elliott from what I originally saw. Yeah. 20% Kyron Williams. I love Kyron Williams this week, though. Love him this week. Wow, that's concentrated towards the top, Greg. Yeah, so we've got, oh, by the way, I just realized uh, some of the percentages here because we have lineups favorited from the, we have lineups favorited right now from both the Saturday and the Sunday slates. So the exposures right now are actually showing us the two combined because I see that Jacob is 300 lineups favorited. So the the exposure we're getting to there are actually half of what they actually were for the Sunday slate, if that follows. Wait, how did you manage that? I thought they were just in two different tabs. Because he's both of them open at the same time. So it is all of them favored at once in the Sims tool. Oh, okay. Okay. Makes sense. So then what you're saying is we're getting, okay, he closed out a Saturday. 
So what you're saying is we're getting way more Zeke and McCaffrey than it even looked to begin with. And and in terms of our QB exposure, it was actually about 20% of each of Stafford and Purdy. Now, we're still fairly spread out at quarterback, but I was just looking. I'm like, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, that looks like 50% quarterback exposure. And I was trying to figure out why, and then I realized what it was when I saw that there was 300 lineups favorited. Yeah, good catch. Hey, Chris Williams, been a while, dude. Happy to see you, man. $20 Super Chat. Your Apple guy is on a heater thanks to the great shows. Split first in the $15 NFL showdown last night. Damn. Caught Greg Show and Cash all NBA showdown lineups last night as well. Atone, folks. That is amazing. Congrats, Chris. Good to see you back, man. And, uh, yes, atone for your sins. Hit that thumbs up. Chris also gifted uh, 10 memberships here. So we appreciate you, man. Doesn't go unnoticed. Doesn't go unnoticed. Appreciate Merry Christmas, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jacob, yeah, let me know when we're good on that. We'll see, because that's a good catch, Greg. And now you're just going to see we might have 70% Ezekiel Elliott right now. Yeah, I don't remember what the running back exposures we had, but the quarterback ones, I, 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 it was 11% of like Purdy and right around 11% of Stafford. I think it was 3.8% of Josh Allen. So we'll have like just under 10% of Allen. But the lineups we're getting to the most, it's going to be Purdy and Stafford. I'm okay with that. Truly. I am. I have no issues there. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think, and and you were right. When you look at our top stack tool, it kind of tipped you off. Right. But I don't, they're not going to be under owned, but it's also possible that that, that's not, uh, that's the thing though. A lot of times with the Sims tool, people go in and they're like, man, I'm getting a lot of this guy, but he's chalky. It's like, yeah, but you're way over the field on him. Like, a guy could be popular, but if you're getting way over the field on him, you're still leveraging yourself that way. Yeah, and and that could also be the case. There can be a player who's 50% owned that should be 70% owned. That happens pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot with NBA, not quite as often with NFL, but we still do have it. Josh did an ownership video just explaining how ownership worked, and he's like, I can't tell you how many times someone's like, hey, Jokic is 65%. I have to fade him. Talk, we were talking basketball. It's like, no, yeah. you don't. You don't have you don't have to phase someone at six. Now, a lot of times it might happen where you just get way less, but other times it's gonna happen where now you, you have 95% Nikola Jokic and you have them in every lineup. So yeah, it's uh it makes sense to me. my guess, my guess though is with 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 Stafford, probably gonna be a lot of Kyron Williams in those lineups too. What I want to know is how many how many lineups are we getting that are Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? I mean, we'll see. My gut feeling is probably not a ton just because they're both very expensive. I think it's going to be cost prohibitive. That was my thinking at first, but then it's got to be Kyron Williams because I don't think it's going to be a lot of 2-2 Atwell because he, he did practice. By the way, 2-2 Atwell is my – fly under the radar 1% play of the week for you, for you guys. Uh, tied for the team lead in deep targets this season, along with Puka Nakua. Obviously, with Cooper Cup, you know, being in and out of the lineup, that changes things. But also, Commander's defense has printed money for us this year. So I'm okay with that. Another thing to consider with this stack is Tyler Higby is off the injury report. So no Davis Allen for us. Tyler Higby's 36%. Okay, go to uh, exposures and then go back to quarterback. So you're thinking it'll be like 20 plus percent of each of these guys now. Yes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, 26% of Stafford, 21% Purdy, and then nobody else over 10%, but I mean right there, 10% Jordan Love. And Jordan Love has been extremely Jekyll and Hyde, but he's looked really good the games he's looked good. He's looked really bad the games he's looked bad. For cash games, that would obviously be a no-go, but for tournament purposes, like there's been a very apparent upside that we've seen there. And uh, Will Levis, it's kind of hard to know what to make of him. We've seen him mostly just look terrible, but did look better on Monday Night Football. And then, yeah, there's the Josh Allen right around 7%. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting 7 and not 3% Josh Allen anymore. Makes me feel a little bit better having exposure to that game. By the way, guys, I want to look at positional exposure. Before we do, though, uh, if you're not on underdog yet, I could don't get me started because I, I could talk about it for hours. 
Although I don't know if I want to right now because all I see when I go on Twitter is people talking their best ball advanced rates. Like, I get it. I love best ball. I play it too. But, okay, good. You advanced 25%. Good. Good. So did I. You know what the the problem with these things are? And I've realized this for very many years about fantasy football, and then especially I have now because just of doing DFS shows, people think that means that I care about their – yearly football teams and they'll text me and say like, here's my lineup. Should I start this guy? Should I start this guy? People get so obsessed and into their fantasy football and best ball teams that they can't comprehend that somebody else wouldn't be interested in it when they are so interested in it. Yeah, 100%, dude. But that's a testament to underdog because they get so invested in it. They get infatuated with the process. It's a hundred percent first match deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. So if you put 100 in, you got $200 now in your account. Say you only have 20 bucks to play with. Put it in. Now you got 40. One and a half million dollar best ball playoff contest. If you're not getting in that, you're insane. You know how fun that's going to be? Or you're going to do some, right? Not only am I going to, I invented the format. I invented it. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't get credit for about, it. Dude? So my friends and I have been doing formats, fantasy leagues, best ball format for this since we were 13 years old we used to go and do drafts while we were at school we used to organize bathroom breaks each period all of us together be like hey (laughs) all right so 20 minutes into the period we're all going to go to the bathroom and then we'd all go to the bathroom together for a few minutes we'd gather and we each make a pick and that's how we would do rounds i've been doing this since before any of these sites existed i invented it all right so we'll we'll figure out a way to get you credit but in the meantime (laughs) in the meantime you're getting in on them right Oh yeah, for sure. These are, these are going to be really fun. They're going to be awesome. And it's a nice flat structure where it's 150 K up top, but still great payouts throughout the rest link in the description and in chat. Oh guys. Also they have the daily drafts for NBA, NFL, all the sports, and they have the pick them where if you're in a non-legal betting state, this is your best way to get in on it. You're just taking more or less on these player projections. That's what it is. Uh, Up to 20 extra entry fee. Very, very cool format there. And if you're a new customer, Not if you've been there. Sorry, guys. But if you're a new customer, and I know most of you guys are on underdog. If you're not, Lamar Jackson, over a half a total yard free square. So you plug that in, take higher, not lower, plug that in, and you're already maximizing your ROI out of the gate. So link down there. If you're not on underdog, let's get into best ball drafts together, man. All right, running back exposure. So now we're just going to see a ton of Elliott and McCaffrey. Yes, we're going to see a ton of both of them. They're going to be our two most rostered players on the entire slate. Jeepers, creepers. 85% Zeke, 65%. Per, I mean, this is incredibly concentrated running back exposure. We have three running backs who are making up nearly all of our exposure. We do not have a single running back outside of Kyron McCaffrey and Elliott in more than 6.7% of lineups. That's crazy. I will say, though, McCaffrey and Kyron Williams are two of my favorite running backs on the slate. So I'm not terribly upset about it. Can you scroll down a little bit, Jacob? So basically no Barkley because he's the same price as Kyron Williams, essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is no scroll. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. All right, let me ask you this honestly. If this holds, yeah. would you would you consider boosting Zeke down to get away from 85% or would you ride with it? I'd probably boost him down a little bit to spread out my running back exposures a tad. But one thing that we do pretty frequently see is, and it's not to say that Zeke is going to be a poor play come Sunday, but just naturally as the ownership updates and some other players become available, I'll frequently find that when I'm doing content and shows on like a Thursday or a Friday, if there's a player where I'm getting to like 80, 85% of, that will often end up being like 65 to 70% just naturally by the time we get to Sunday. Obviously, there would still be a ton of Zeke, but it's something that will end up balancing itself out in all likelihood. You're right. We've seen that a lot. Let's check out wide receivers, too. You know what's funny? Like 90% of the good receivers in the league are on the Saturday slate. Yeah, and uh, not on the Sunday slate because we've got uh, Wondell Robinson showing up in a ton of lives. With that said, Robinson's played really well. And Danny DeVito doesn't suck. I think Danny DeVito. Danny be, DeVito, yeah, baby. Danny DeVito. Everybody, <laughs> Danny DeVito should be the Giants quarterback next year. But also, so the whole like Tommy DeVito thing, 
he's uh, me living in the New York area. People go crazy for yep. for Tommy DeVito. And his his uh, manager is on talk shows now every day where people are interviewing his manager, which is the weirdest thing ever because it's just some it's just his, some guy. It's his agent. Yeah. There's just some <laughs> any he, he's just some guy who dresses like a goofball and has captured some attention. And then you've got here's here's what Tommy DeVito is the closest thing to. It's like a little bit different because it doesn't have quite the same cultural relevancy, but he's the closest thing to Jeremy Lynn in the New York area since Jeremy Lynn. Yeah, I actually asked. It's funny because Jacob's producing the show. I was doing the picks for every game video. I do it on our Odd Chopper channel. So the betting, betting picks for every game each week. And I get to this one and, and I asked Jacob, I was like, do you think Tommy DeVito, when he's long gone from the league, which will likely be sooner than later, do you think there will still be like a large contingency of people out there, particularly, you know, North Jersey, New York Italians, Yep. that will proudly rock Tommy DeVito jerseys until the end of time. He said yes. He compared it to Lynn. I think absolutely yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. He probably needs a little bit more than just the – how many games he started now? Five or four off the top four of my five, head? five, yeah. Yeah, so he probably needs like one more season to really be somebody who's like a Colts-type hero – in the area because Jeremy Lin, while he had that crazy session with the Knicks, I think it lasted like 26 games. He was also on the team for another year after that. And he was a part of the team. So if he next year starts a quarterback and even if it only kind of goes so, so I still think there's going to be a lot of people, especially because there are a lot of Italians in the New York, New Jersey area that are just going to be rocking Tommy DeVito Jersey forever. You see it all the time in New York with Jeremy Lin jerseys. I don't even know if they have Tommy DeVito jerseys, but I assume when they do, they're going to be purchased. I, I assume Tommy DeVito jerseys are going to sell out immediately. Even now. They Even have now, to be I bet they will. They, if, you, if you go to Meadowlands, they have to be selling Tommy DeVito jerseys. There's no way they aren't. They'd be moronic not to get those out as quickly as possible. Can you buy them? Oh, yeah. There's, there's so much Tommy DeVito stuff online right now. <laughs> I, right. I, I, not only this, I will. I don't know if this data is available, but I would bet that if you look up top ten selling NFL jerseys over the last month, he's he's up there. All right, I'm going to look it up. Talk to me about wide receivers for a second because we have five guys over twenty percent. A lot of I, I see like the Robinson and Smith Schuster. I think that comes down. I do once we get to Sunday. I expect that to be the case. Wouldn't be surprised if a little more value opened up. Ooh, caught that mute button on the sneeze real quick. <laughs> Good, uh, that's pro move. That's a man who's worked in radio. We got, <laughs> dude. When I was at Sirius, there was not a cough button, so really? I'd actually have to. Yeah, I would just have to take the main mixer and turn it all the way down, and then remember where it was before that. That's ridiculous. I Crazy. did when when I was living in New York, and I would do like shitty comedian friends podcasts, and we'd go into a recording studio. Those had cough and mute buttons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's insane to me. Crazy, but we've got twenty percent plus of Robinson Smith. So I guess I think that comes down. Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, which is funny because we have hardly any Dak Prescott, Brandon Ayuk, and then the coup is at seventeen percent. We're pretty balanced outside of a few guys up top. Yeah, really, really spread out a wide receiver, which is kind of the same we were for even the Saturday slate where it was a three gamer where, you know, we had a good amount of Michael Pittman, but then beyond that still, we were getting spread out at wide out. We got a ton of Wondell Robinson as like a core staple play for us in the Sims here. And then beyond that, we've got Cooper cup and some lineups, Nakua before you had asked if I thought we were going to be getting two more of cup Nakua, if we we're going to be getting double stacks there, it looks to me like we're probably getting lineups with Stafford that have either Cup or Nakua, but probably not them together. Combined, we do have them about half of our lineups, but uh, not like a crazy amount of either. We do prefer Cooper Cup, who we have projected for north of 20 fantasy points. Nakua at 18 fantasy points. They're projected for comparable ownership, but we do have 11% uh, more of Cooper Cup. Juju Smith-Schuster is somebody else who we've seen show up in the Sims at different points during the season. And, you know, mixed results for the Patriots, mostly on the negative side. But he's coming off a good game. And I think we finally got into a point where so many players are out for the Patriots that it just has to be Juju Smith-Schuster. Last night, I was thinking for the Chargers, so many guys out. Surely it has to be time for Quentin Johnston. 
it was not quite yet time for Quinn. It might never be time for Quinn. I was just going to say, I'm not sure it's ever going to happen. I'm not sure it ever, but like three more injuries. And I think he's going to be the guy for them. Juju, who a lot of times is here for the Patriots, as they've lost receiver, it seems like they lose a receiver each week. I started thinking like, hey, it's going to be Juju. We finally last week, they had like three wide receivers active and Juju had a massive game in prime time. So I don't mind going back to Juju here either, especially if he's only going to be 8% owned. The only thing I'm wondering is why are we getting so much more Juju than Demario Douglas? Yeah, so let's go ahead and look. What is the price point on Demario Douglas? Oh, you know what? I think I know why. We might have him projected out because he just cleared concussion protocol this morning. Yeah, let me see. Is that the case? Yeah, you're right. We do have Demario due to the concussion. So that is Demario Douglas in. Call if I'm not mistaken. He still listed his question. Yeah, Douglas is yeah. not listed as questionable. Limited in practice. Douglas oh. being back, assuming Juju Juju's ownership down a lot. He's going to bring his projection down a good amount. I meant our exposure to. Yeah, yeah. For, all I, of it though. Only fantasy point projection will come down. Or I think he's a decent looking. He's still somebody the Patriots invested in him. He was somebody they liked that his way into the wide receiver part of the year. But now that he had, he played extremely well. I'd be surprised if he just did enough last forward. So I like Juju as a contrarian. And then we've got some payup options. A four-down game is considered a really good game. He also had one big one. Right. I mean, yeah, he had four catches for 90. Best game they've had out of somebody who isn't. Yeah, those are Calvin Johnson in England. That's, that's messed up. That's exactly right. What are we looking at? Uh, receiver. Yeah, we could go look at Tyler. It's And then we got the every single percent of Cup, Lamb, I 20%. All right. Tight ends. Always appreciate you guys hanging out. This show is not for ever, like, hot takes and stuff. This is actually um, a, a tour lineups that are put to be different to leverage yourself. Hopefully win a lot of money. So for the show each week, when it comes to what we do, it's the cast. Look at oh. We get Trey McBride back on Sunday. Trey McBride on a Sunday. We run lineups for Sunday. Trey percent of lineups. He goes out. He points. He's back on a Sunday of our lineups. Uh, Chig, I still think Chig is very talented. Seen very many games where he's gotten more last week. There's Travis Kelsey. There's George Kidd with paying up to those guys. The op Christian McCaffrey running back. Cooper Cup to go to. Seeing everything through the Sims. I'd rather pay up at running back. So would I. On the Saturday slate, it's different. Young backs is what's it? What's it? Your pay up for tight ends. I like it, George Kittle, but I'm not particularly percent Kelsey. Fine, Kraft, Conquo, and Trey Mc. Hey, final thoughts before we get out. Two slates in under an hour. Just uh, say that in all the news, we are ruled out, and you know a little bit more. If you guys do want to sign up for the Stoke app, Lafie talked about it early. Get all the updated projections and make sure on Sunday morning and afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. The lock as possible. It's a just I, I'm, like your internet goes out, whatever. I'm, like if I have my lineup earlier in the morning and just in case leading up to lock, because I bring that and I've, I've got, it's a horrible feeling looking and then you get caught. Circumstances happen and you're screwed. What happens to Eric online before lock it happens? Like, because he yeah. insists on every single night we do that insane thing to do for NBA. He starts panicking like 10 minutes ago. And please tell me that he's down for 30 minutes in the post lock. happens to anybody else. He's a man. G. Ehrenberg, DFS. Me at Lafay underscore D. L-O and guys, as always, check out the channel. I know you love DFS. Very happy marriage between sports betting and Pick'em. Subscription right now is less than a dollar. Getting all of the plus EV. If I, and they changed the way you. That's what we've done and innovated. All our plus EV plays, our market, our expert picks page in the description for that. All the stuff. If you have any questions, my legs are open, but he says sometimes and people can't get through. But thanks to Jacob for producing this one for the Sim Strategy Show. Good.